Hello, mamas. Welcome to episode one in our pregnancy loss podcast series. Today, we're going to be discussing all about validating all of the emotions and navigating grief after loss. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. It is the start of a new series. Now, this one is a very sensitive topic. You would have already seen it before you clicked on it. So I don't feel like I need to give too much of a trigger warning, but we are talking in this entire podcast series about pregnancy loss. Now, this is covering any sort of loss. This is not just for miscarriages or you know, there's so many different ways to lose a baby. There are so many different ways to lose a pregnancy. We're just trying to speak broadly about this topic. So this is for anybody navigating anything to do with loss. So this is a bit of a different podcast series for me, but I will explain how it's all going to work. But essentially I started this because I had such an overwhelming amount of women reaching out to say, can you please talk about pregnancy loss? women feeling like they were alone and isolated in their experience and that they didn't know where to go to find resources and help. And so I just knew that I needed to bring this out. Now, I'm not an expert on this topic. As you'll hear later in the series, I do share my own experience of two two miscarriages, but I'm not an expert. So I did a call out and I asked you to tell me who to speak to. And I was introduced to the wonderful Shana Southern from the Institute of Healing Pregnancy Loss. So she will be joining us on this podcast series as our guest expert and she's going to be sharing all of her knowledge and wisdom and how she's transformed her pain from having a missed miscarriage into power. So this series is a long one. It's actually six episodes. We're going to be covering validating emotions and grief after loss, acknowledging that loss is trauma, conception and pregnancy after loss, relationships and support networks after loss, the physicality of loss. And then, like I said, I'll be sharing my own story of two miscarriages as well. Now, what's special about this podcast series is not only do we hear from Shana, our expert, our guest expert, navigating all of this, but we're actually going to hear from my wonderful women in my audience who contributed their own stories and their own wisdom and advice and shared it on the podcast. So you're actually going to hear from beautiful women who have navigated this experience themselves and they share their life lessons and their journeys as well. So we'll generally hear from Shana or the guest at the start of the interview and then I'll cut to the beautiful women in my audience who are sharing their stories. So I really hope that you love this series. Please share it with anyone you know who is navigating life after loss right now and who needs resources and needs help and needs just a friendly voice in their ear to say it's going to be okay why don't you try these few things and these might help you. Please also note I'm going to put a whole list of resources of where you can go and seek further help and support in the show notes because I've been sent in a number of different amazing podcasts and websites and places that you can go for extra support and for a better network to help you guide through this journey. So yeah, a sensitive topic, but one that I think we definitely need to bring to light because women are navigating this. We know the stats are super common. One in four women are having miscarriages at the moment. So there's so many different ways for women to experience loss, but I think the 
themes fairly general. So we speak to the themes of it today. So in this first episode, we are chatting all about validating emotions and grief after loss. So we'll be talking to Shana about that. Then we'll be cutting to my beautiful community who share the best thing they did to help process their own grief and also whether they did anything to honor or ritualize or create ceremony around their loss. So it's going to be a really beautiful you know, hearing from this audience. Now, just to introduce you to Shana, if you haven't heard of her before, you can find her on Instagram at Institute of Healing underscore PL. But she is a pregnancy loss life coach who supports women through miscarriage or pregnancy loss. She is a pregnancy loss practitioner and also a trauma informed coach. And she is really passionate after having her own experience of missed miscarriage. She's really passionate about not only supporting women one-on-one as they navigate this, but also supporting others to support women. So she's actually now doing more in the space of teaching other people how to support people going through loss. So it's really, really powerful. I really encourage you to go and check out her work. I was really privileged to have her join us on the podcast. She shares so beautifully about all of these topics. So This is a long intro, but I just felt like I need to explain how this podcast series is going to work because it's slightly different. It's a bit longer. You're going to hear from lots of different people in this podcast, but I really hope you enjoy it. As always, please jump on over to at PhysioLaura and let me know how you enjoyed this podcast. You know, let me know if you're sharing it to your friends. Let me know if there's any extra resources I can provide to women or any extra advice you might have about how you navigated this. I just think opening this conversation up in general is powerful. Speaking about loss is powerful. So yeah, always love to hear from you. So I'm at PhysioLaura if you want to come and connect with me. Without further ado, a very long intro, let's jump into this conversation with Shana and my beautiful women who contributed to the podcast talking all about validating emotions and grief after loss. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast, Shana. I am very excited to have you on. This has been a highly requested theme and topic that my audience has wanted to bring to the table. And when I asked women, who should I speak to about this topic? Your name came up a number of times. So I love connecting with women that way. And I'm really excited to have you. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me in your space. And I am grateful for those women who did mention me because it is a really important topic to be bringing up. And yeah, my heart is so happy that my name was mentioned. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I love when my audience connects me with women who weren't previously on my radar. So it's so awesome. So for the women who haven't heard of you, can you maybe give us a little overview of your personal and professional journeys and how you came to where you are now and the work that you're doing in the world? Yeah, we, I always wanted to have a child. It was always part of my plan. And I think when you're young and at school, like they tell you, you just have sex and you'll fall pregnant. So when we started our journey, I was like, yes, this is going to be easy. And it probably definitely wasn't the way that I had anticipated it in my mind. We tried to conceive for five years. We saw all the you know, the doctors and the specialists. They didn't necessarily give me anything health-wise to to support myself. They just put me on medication and said, this will this will work. And I, in my mind, I was like, yes, okay, this is going to be my answer to falling pregnant. And when we, I think I was maybe like a month or two after starting the medication, I did fall pregnant, but I didn't know my body very well. And 
I didn't actually know that I, I was possibly late. My periods were always so irregular. So I, and because I had been on contraception for so, such a long time, I just wasn't in tune with my body. So when I did do a pregnancy test, I realized I was pregnant. And in that moment, my whole entire outlook on my life had changed. I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm going to be a mom. This is what I've been waiting for. And I can leave my job. I can, I can be home. I can watch them grow. And that's yeah, it was all of my dreams coming true. But I didn't know how long, essentially, I, I didn't know when I'd missed my period. So I, I did a little bit of working out and I thought that I was about 10 weeks by the time I found out. And so we organized, obviously, an appointment with the doctors and ultrasound clinic. The doctor confirmed, obviously, that I was pregnant. And then we went in for the ultrasound and they were searching around for a while. And then they delivered the soul shattering words of, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And in that moment, that was like my worst nightmare. And also something I had never been exposed to before. So it was a completely new feeling. I felt like the whole room was closing it around me and everything just went like dead silent. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, no, you have to try again. Try again. Keep trying. You have to be wrong. So they did an internal ultrasound and he's like, I, I still can't. I still can't find anything. And so then he went and got a senior technician to confirm what was what was found. And the senior technician confirmed that as well. And it's they said that I had lost my baby at seven weeks. So then they shuffled us back off to the doctors and the doctor just gave us a brief rundown of what was happening and what I would experience. And it was nothing like what she said I would experience. Like it was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. So we went home and it was over a weekend. So it was like, we just went home with this information that it could be like a heavy period. They're like, your body will just do what it needs to do. And that was it. And it wasn't, that wasn't how it played out. I, I bled so much to the point that I was passing out. I couldn't stand up anymore. And I called my mom. And I said to her, I think I'm going to die because no one can bleed like this and survive. And we were Googling everything, ended up experiencing contractions, which I wasn't even aware of that could even happen at this, at the early stages. So I ended up crying through the last night of the weekend and then going to the doctors on the Monday and they called the ambulance straight away because obviously I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. And the ambulance officer said to me, he's like, why didn't you call sooner? And I didn't know. I didn't, I wasn't aware that this could be like the worst case scenario. Like we were told it would just be a heavy period. So we then, I was like, this has to be still normal. Like, otherwise they would have told me something like different. So yeah, so we, I was rushed up to hospital. They put me on morphine for the contractions and rushed me in for a DNC because they said my body wasn't going to sort of finish the miscarriage by itself. And then I woke up in recovery by myself and sent home from hospital again with nothing. And I was like, I don't know how to navigate this. This is I have experienced grief before in my life, but like this was next level because it's something that happens to you. It's in, it's like within your body. It's not someone like a person on the outside of you. It was 
yeah, something that I'd never, I, obviously it's never ever anything that you anticipate. So it's never anything that you can prepare yourself for, like in the aftermath, how to navigate that. So I felt like I was so alone. I felt like I was the only woman that was actually experiencing it. I'm like, no one talks about it. So I have to be the only one that is going through this. And then it's actually one of the doctors at the hospital said to me, he goes, no, one in four pregnancies actually end in loss. And I was like, when I got home, then that kind of what he said to me started to play on my mind. I'm like, if it's one in four pregnancies, why, why do I feel like I'm the only one? Why isn't there more people talking about it? Why isn't there more support? And why is the medical system so dismissive? Why is like society so dismissive when this is such a huge thing? Like what we're going through is huge and life-changing. So as I was navigating my healing and recovery, I knew that I needed to change that. I knew I had a bigger purpose in my life and I knew I had to change how support was accessed and hopefully one day be able to change the way that it's spoken about and break that stigma that society has about talking about loss and pregnancy loss. People just get so awkward around it and I'm just like it's not something to essentially get awkward around it's just it's part of our experience with our babies. We want to we want to be able to talk about them we want to be able to remember them but yeah, I just felt like if I was the, if I was looking for support, if I was looking for someone to really deeply understand what I was going through, other women would be wanting that as well. I saw a psychologist after because I knew my mental health was declining. I was heading into depression and my body was I just couldn't get out of bed. And my husband was he could he was watching it all happen and he was on the sidelines and he just, in a nice way, was trying to lift me out of that depression, saying, you can't be here. Like, the, you need to do something about yourself, about where you are. So it was with him, I was able to get to the psychologist and be able to work through what I was navigating. And I think the first session, I just gave her, like, paper. I was just, I'd written everything out of my head onto paper and I just gave her the paper. I'm just like, I can't talk, but here's everything I've written. And she turned to me and she goes, oh my gosh, this is trauma. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this was huge. Like my body, my mind, like my emotions, like I, it was this big thing that I was trying to navigate. And obviously I had no idea how being able to see the psychologist was able, like I was able to get myself out of that depression, but it was almost like I got to that point. It was like, and then what? Now what do I do? I'm I'm okay physically, mentally, emotionally, but now what? And that's where I feel like I needed more support, but it needed to be from someone who really understood what pregnancy loss was about. Yeah, that's why I created it. And I knew it needed to be done. I could see that there was a huge gap in the system and I could see so many women struggling and in silence and without the support of even their family. It's it's definitely something that is needed and being able to create that and 
firstly offer support directly to the lost mums was incredible and then to be in the space where I can now educate other women to do that and yeah it was just like this beautiful sort of evolution but it's still something that it's so sought after. Thank you so much for doing that I feel like it's a real privilege to the rest of the world that someone like yourself can take your pain and your trauma and turn it into something really beautiful and something really helpful and something really positive. And yeah, I think there's so many women out there thanking you for taking that leap to fill that void and fill that gap that you experience personally in the care and in the education and in the language and conversations around loss. So thank you for doing that because I think it's definitely us even just having this conversation is going to impact thousands of women and that's amazing. So I think, yeah, thank you for being able to turn your pain into something really productive and positive. And I agree in that this is a topic that's still very taboo in so many ways, still very silent. And that is exactly why I wanted to bring this podcast to light. Not only was I getting requests for women to talk about this topic, but so many women that were writing into me were saying, I just don't know where to go. I feel really alone. Like you were saying, one in four women, that's huge. But we don't feel that way when we're having our loss. We feel like we're the only one. We feel like nobody else is experiencing this. And we need to break that because we need women to feel really supported and to be able to turn somewhere to find the information. I remember my miscarriages were over five years ago now. And I remember Googling trying to find like a personal blog of somebody who had been through this because I could find loads of resources about what a miscarriage is and what it might feel like and medical stuff. But I wanted someone to say, I personally went through this and it felt like this and I was able to have another baby or there was some sort of future hope. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, nobody's had a miscarriage until me. And that's so not the case. It's just that we really don't speak about it very much. So I really hope that this conversation you and I are having really encourages other women to open up and have these conversations. And I know even before we started recording, I was talking to you about how awkward I can feel talking about this topic sometimes because it is sensitive, because it involves a lot of trauma. I think I can get very awkward because I don't want to offend people by using the wrong language or saying the wrong thing, even if it had good intentions. So I can also see why, because people feel awkward, sometimes they just don't talk about it because it's just, it's easier to not acknowledge the elephant in the room so that you don't say the wrong thing. But that's the last thing I'm sure women who have had loss want is that people don't talk about it. People don't acknowledge that elephant. You'd rather someone try to awkwardly misstep the conversation and maybe accidentally say the wrong thing, but be able to recover than to just not talk about it at all, I'm sure. So I'm really excited to have this chat. So let's start with grief because that is often I imagine the first emotion that women are going to be dealing with and unsure about how to navigate. So talk us through navigating grief and all of the different emotions that women may experience, may not be prepared for after loss and different ways that maybe they can really feel into these emotions. Because I know so much of what you talk about is this suppression and about how women don't feel they have permission to grieve or permission to feel these feelings. So can you speak to that a little bit more? Yeah, I think I think some of the biggest emotions that women feel and, and I felt to myself, and that's like when you said you just wanted to read something to go, 
oh my gosh, I'm feeling this and this feels like crap, but you're okay. That's where so much of society is, oh no, you can't show emotion. You can't break down. You have to be this smiley, happy woman that functions in society. And it just is the complete opposite to what we actually need because what we're navigating after loss and like I said, some of the biggest things that I felt was grief, grief, guilt, shame, blame, anger, frustration, resentment, jealousy. I remember thinking things that were so horrible and I'm just like, but that's not me. I'm not that person that would really want to wish this upon anyone else. But I'm like, I need someone else to know how I'm feeling. I need someone else to know my pain. And then thinking, I want someone else to go through a loss. Like you get a pregnancy loss announcement and you're just like, I want them to know how I feel. And it was, and it was like spiteful. And I'm just like, it's not me. That none of that was me. And I was trying to push it aside because I'm like, no, I can't feel that. Because if I feel that, that means I'm a bad person. But going through navigating sort of life after loss, like you have this direct blame. It's your fault. You did something wrong. You're unworthy. Your body is a failure. Your body can't even do the one thing that it's meant to. So there's this real sense of unworthiness as a woman in 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 its entirety. Like you, you failed as a woman. So there's so much that comes up when you're trying to navigate all of that. And the only thing that I can say that I know that works and this is how I it's what I teach and it's because we need to understand that those emotions aren't they aren't good or bad they are we're the ones that give them the labels our body just wants us to see them they're just an emotion it's nothing that's personally against us it doesn't mean that feeling that emotion makes us a bad person it's that's all stuff that we put on that so stripping away those labels and just seeing the emotion for what it is it's if you're angry what was it like why are you angry are you it's hurting you're hurting you're you've seen someone that kind of has what you're like what you want that you want and you're angry and that's okay so what does your body need from you in that moment What do you need to do to express that anger? Obviously, in a healthy way, you could go for a walk. You could, which is what I did a lot of times. I punched my bed and I punched my pillow and I screamed into my pillow. There was, I had to have a physical outlet for my anger because anger is a, it's an outward, outward expressing emotion. It needs to be, there's something that needs to be done with it. It can't just be journaled out. It's, it's, it's an, action sort of emotion you do need to take action with that so how can you do that what does your body want you to do in that moment you could go for a run it could just mean that you go for a run but really understanding that the emotions have they've got a they do have a positive kind of they've got a gift for you in that moment too so it's really understanding what it is that's coming up and what like why it is that it, why it's coming up and also fear is a huge one that comes up as well fear of just doing life I don't want to go out because I'm afraid I'm afraid of what someone's going to say I'm afraid of everything you just become afraid of everything but essentially fear is only coming to keep you safe because you, it doesn't want you to get hurt again 
So fear is not something designed to keep you stuck. It's designed to show you that it's trying to keep you safe. But in some moments, you're like, you don't need to be kept safe. Like you're okay. You're, you are safe. In that moment, you can ask yourself, am I safe? And more often than not, you will be. Guilt is a huge one as well because you it's that notion that you have done something wrong, an action that you did was wrong. But it's not anything that you ever did. Like You never do anything. You don't cause your pregnancy loss on purpose. Nothing you ever did that was wrong. It's not an action you took. And for me, it was I went for a walk the day that I, my baby died. When I figured it all out, it was like a 30-degree day and I went for an early morning walk, but I came home when it was like scorching hot. So I was like, almost felt like I was melting. And so then I felt guilty for doing that. I was like, I did that. I caused that. My walk, the walk that I took on that day caused my loss. So I'm at fault and I felt so guilty. And and shame essentially is a behavior. Like we feel ashamed of the fact that we've gone through that. We've gone through the loss and it's shameful. It's a behavior that it's our body. But again, it's nothing that it's not a it's not a behavior that you've done that has caused anything. So it's just understanding really what our emotions are and just taking the time to notice them. Mm. Because I think a lot of what we do when we're grieving, because it's we're so clouded, there's so much emotion, there's so much sadness that we can get, we can just get caught up in our head. But really just sitting with ourselves in those moments and not really trying to be anything else or do anything else just sit with ourselves and what we're feeling as uncomfortable it is as it is because going through grief all the emotions that we experience when we're grieving is uncomfortable it's not one emotion that you're going to experience that's going to be comfortable but the thing is when we do suppress them they don't go away they just get bigger and get more intense like they just build in intensity so sitting with it when it comes up is going to allow that emotion to move through you because it is just energy. Emotions are just energy. They're not this tangible thing that they come to you to make you upset and feel pain and hurt you. They're just energy and anything else like energy just wants to move. So allow it to come to you if you're if it makes you sad, cry. Just, and you will stop. A lot of women feel like if they start crying, then they'll ne never stop. There'll come a time where your body will just say it's enough and you will stop. And you've allowed that emotion to move through you so that intensity is not going to be there the next time it comes up. Mm. But whereas if we push them inside and dismiss them and ignore them, they just, they stay there and they build. And then the next time it comes around, it could knock you off your feet. And, or it could be like this big volcano erupting of emotion and you have it like a breakdown. Or if you suppress it for long enough, for years, they, it'll come back as like a physical ailment or a dis, like a, a disease or discomfort. There'll be something that 
your body will make you stop and listen. Absolutely. I remember when someone told me that emotions literally means energy in motion. And I was like, wow, that is so true. Because I agree with you in that. I think there's a lot of labeling around emotions and there's good emotions, there's bad emotions. The women are told not to get angry because that's, you're a crazy lady. So we're told that anger is bad and you can't be angry. And I guess for men, there's a bit more of acceptance around anger and vice versa for sadness. Like women are allowed to cry, but men aren't. And there's so much societal and cultural conditioning around emotions that it is really hard for a lot of people women included, to really lean into what you're feeling without labeling it, without making it right or wrong or good or bad. I know a lot of women, what you were mentioning before, I was like, a lot of women inside my membership, my Pregnancy Posse membership, because unfortunately we have a lot of pregnancy loss in there and I'm the one seeing that because these women are having to pause their memberships and whatnot because they've lost their child. And a lot of these women tell me about how bad they feel because they're friend falls pregnant and they're really upset about that and they're not happy for them and they do feel jealous and they feel so bad about feeling these emotions and I just really love the way that you say that don't make it good or bad it's just something you're feeling and this is the importance of having a safe space to share those feelings so that you're not sitting there feeling like an awful human for having these feelings and the guilt and the shame you spoke about I also see a lot of that and I know myself I did that when I had the miscarriages I backtracked and went, there must have been something I did. Did I have sex? Did I go for a run? Did I have a lick of a raw egg that I wasn't meant to? Like you you want to be able to pinpoint it on something. And a lot of the time with loss, it's it, there's nothing to blame. It's something that happens. And as much as it would be easy to say it was because of this, because then we can control that factor moving forward, it's not that simple. And so whilst it's your brain wants to find those ways to pinpoint the blame on you to maybe make yourself feel better in the short term long term that's really not going to serve you so yeah I really love how you described all of that and I think it gives women the permission to a know that it's normal and it's okay to feel all of those feelings that Shana mentioned and that you've got to lean into them for them to move through because otherwise they build up and they come around in other ways Hey ladies, we're now going to cut to some beautiful women who were open and willing to share with me their experience of grief after loss in the hope that it would help other people. Now I am super grateful and super honored that these women were so open and vulnerable and willing to share. I don't take it lightly that these women are willing to do that. So really hope you enjoy these stories and cherish these stories. I asked these women what the best thing they did for themselves to help process their grief was. So they explained to us their absolute best thing to sit in their grief and move through it. And the general theme from these responses was to not keep it a secret, to share it with your friends and family, to look after yourself and practice self-love. So I'm going to cut now to all of these beautiful responses from women inside my community who share with us the best way that they process their grief. I have a son and when he was just over one years old, I had a my first miscarriage and then we tried again straight away and got pregnant straight away. And the first time the grief was quite difficult because I hadn't told anyone. So I sort of was sort of silently processing it all myself. And the big difference that I think between the first and the second miscarriage that I had, the second one was 
slightly easier in that other people knew and I felt like sharing and talking to people about it really helped me grieve and then when you talk to people about it I think you find that it is very common and so talking to people about it and then finding out that it's common and that had a miscarriage and she went on to have three more kids afterwards or something like that all those stories I think really give you hope Unfortunately, pregnancy loss is really common. My mum had three miscarriages and I found it really handy to talk to mum and to other people that have had miscarriages and hear other people's stories. I allowed myself to sit with my grief and just feel it for as long as I needed to and then I sought help from a professional. So I actually... Had a loss fairly recently. November last year, I was eight weeks and it was a spontaneous miscarriage. I, so that's what, four months now since I lost my baby. I made the decision a few weeks ago to see a counsellor just because I was finding it really hard with seeing other pregnant people and whatnot. And I just wanted to find have some someone else who could give me some coping mechanisms to help I also got I got a butterfly tattoo on my wrist so I will always have a permanent reminder on my body that even though my baby was only here for a short while they were important and they were loved and they'll always be with me two years ago I had my first miscarriage like a month or two after the after I had the miscarriage, I got pregnant with my son, who is now two years old. There was a lot of emotion going on when I had that miscarriage. I had a lot of, what did I do wrong? What could I have done to not make this happen? But I had to basically stand strong in my faith and just know that it's all going to be all right. Here recently, I found out that I was also pregnant in January of 23 this year. I was 12 weeks and I lost that baby. That was pretty hard on me because I was further along the second time than I was the first time. And me and my husband, we didn't take it too well. But again, I remained strong in faith and I prayed. And now we're in March and I just got a, I just found out that I'm pregnant again and I am due in November. So it's a little bit about me. Just always remain positive. Even when it's not a great situation, just always trying to look at it from the other side, the other view. Nothing's wrong with you. We all just experience different things at different times. I found the best thing that helped me process my grief was literally just sitting with and allowing any feelings or the feelings that came up to just be. There was a lot of sadness. There was a lot of yeah grief. There was a lot of loss and there was a lot of loss of what that baby would have been. And so just allowing those feelings, sitting with them, not trying to push them away, not trying to kind of accept that it wasn't meant to be, just being okay that it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to, that I lost something and it's okay that I feel sad about that loss. The best thing that I did was join a small group counselling course to help 
God through grief and to learn how to manage basically and that everything's differently and everyone deals with it differently and just to know that everything that I was feeling was okay and I think just everyone being very supportive in that group made it somewhat easier to cope and understand that I'm not alone. I don't know if there is ever a right way to process your grief but I found that we thought about it as everything happens for a reason. And the more time goes on, that has definitely come true. We lost twin girls at 24 weeks and it happened while we were on holidays with my family in Ireland. And I believe that this could have happened while I was alone with my partner in Australia or it could have happened when I was by myself. And I found because I had the support of my family and also the fact that they went together and we didn't have one girl and then having to stay in hospital with a 24-week-old twin. Continuously believe everything happens for a reason. A year after we gave birth to our twins that didn't survive, we fell pregnant a few months later and we brought our son home from hospital on the day that we lost our twins. Another year after that, we found out we were pregnant with their daughter on the exact same date. So I do believe everything happens for a reason and there is some angel signs out there. I have had a pregnancy loss at seven weeks and three days and currently that was only seven weeks ago. The best thing I've done for myself to heal and get through the grief is firstly heal with my husband. We talked about it as much as we needed to and gave each other that space. Second of all, we named the baby and that has helped a lot. And the next thing we have done is for me on a day-by-day basis, I, in a strange way, talk to the baby and tell the baby how much I love the baby. And when the time comes, that baby hopefully will become Earthside the next time. It's been a very difficult process and as I said, it's only been seven weeks ago so every day is a process and every day there are reminders and triggers but I have to remind myself that it's okay and I wasn't to blame and just love the baby and pour love into the children that I currently have and also self-love too, that's a huge one. I'm currently pregnant with my second baby now. I've really had one baby. So my miscarriage happened in between my two pregnancies. But in terms of grief, what I did for my grief, I took time off work. I took about two weeks off while I let the miscarriage happen naturally. And I only filled my day spending doing things that brought me joy or that I knew were going to fill up my cup. So this might be walking on the beach with a friend or... I did some gardening outside and I did things that truly brought me a lot of joy. And then I rested a lot as well. And I really tried to reflect positively on the experience and have gratitude for my fertility journey and gratitude for what my body had done for me and what my body had experienced. And that kind of mentality helped me a lot to be grateful that my body could pass miscarriage. The one thing that helped me in my grief and processing the loss of my baby was my husband and I created a memory box. We each wrote a letter expressing our feelings about the loss of our child. And then we shared the letters with each other 
we found a beautiful white wooden box and in it we placed the letters, some scans of our child, some other little mementos, and then we tied it all up in a nice pretty bit of ribbon and share in our home with us. And for me, being able to write down how I was feeling and articulate it that way, especially along with doing it with my husband and being able to read his letter and how he's feeling as he's not a very emotional person, really helped me also not feel alone in my grief and that it was something that we were able to do as a couple. And we still have the box and it's there as a reminder, not as a sad reminder, but just a way for us to know that and me that they're not forgotten, that it was important. Well, for me, the best thing was just allowing myself to actually feel the emotions. Sometimes I think you get a little bit caught up in how other people grieve and thinking that's how you need to do it. But for me, I think I just needed to sit with it and just think about what it meant for me and how I felt about it. I unfortunately lost my grandmother a couple of months beforehand. And I think I'd already decided to draw connections to like a spiritual side of myself that I didn't know existed. So when I had the miscarriage, I kind of felt not at peace. I could feel that that little soul was still around me. So I just allowed myself to feel how I felt, if I felt sad, if I felt angry. And the biggest thing is was allowing myself to actually feel happy again. I think I had it in my mind that if I had lost a baby that I would never feel happy again or I wasn't allowed to be happy or if they were watching me and seeing me smile that they would think that I didn't want them. So I think just thinking about that and understanding that they would want you to be happy, they would want you to move on. I think it's a great topic to discuss because a lot of people, yeah, do not think that it's okay to talk about, but definitely talking about it has made it a lot easier for myself. I found that talking about it made it more normal and that it made it more realistic that that actually happened and rather than just forget about it and try and push it down. In everyday life, it's obviously not something you just bring up randomly. I found that talking about it to people that they opened up with their stories and it made you feel better and that you weren't alone. I had a neck topic in 2020 and then in 2021 we had a miscarriage. So it had multiple losses. The After the ectopic, I found that I um, took it a lot harder than the second one because I was already thinking that something bad was going to happen. I discovered that I just really need to take my mind off things and I ended up doing lash extensions and that ended up being a full business and it really took my mind off stuff. And actually, I speak to a lot of girls with the lashes about my experiences, which has really helped me as well. I'm lucky enough to say we're hopefully expecting a little baby next month. Yeah, definitely has been a long road, but speaking about it and just making it less taboo, I guess, makes the conversation more open and a lot more people feel comfortable sort of sharing their stories. Not keeping it a secret was the best thing that I did. I told my friends and family that I was expecting and after two perfectly healthy, normal pregnancies, I didn't expect the third one to be any different. My children actually named our baby Blueberry. And so we told everyone about Blueberry and how we lost the baby 
so many women came forward and said that they had a loss too and I had no idea. It was so silent and that surprised me. So many women walk through this alone and it doesn't have to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Telling the stories helps others to tell their stories in that we can share the grief and knowing that you're not alone. I think it's important to embrace the grief for a little bit and acknowledge it and live with it and know that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to grieve and it's important to grieve and take as much time as you need within that because ultimately it's only going to be time, time that helps you get over that grief, helps you get over that loss, helps you to move on and then within that just do what used to make you happy knowing it's probably not going to make you happy in that moment but eventually it will again. Eventually he will find joy again. Grief is such a strange one and it was different process for every one of my miscarriages. But I think the number one thing throughout all was um, talking to other women who had experienced it and knowing that I wasn't alone. But I also have a second one I was tossing up, I said only one, and that was surrender. So whether you believe in a higher power or the universe or whatever, but surrendering to that it was completely out of my control and there was nothing I did wrong. So going through that process was really important, I think, for my healing and to let go of any guilt or worry or shame, I suppose, that goes around that experience of miscarriage and that it was my fault in any way, but that it's just the creation's way of creating healthy babies in this world and that those babies were not going to be viable or healthy. Hey ladies, I'm going to cut now to some beautiful responses from my community of women who sent in audio and video messages in response to my question around whether they did anything to create ritual or ceremony or do something really special to them to honor the loss of their baby. And there are some really beautiful responses in here, things I had never even thought of about how women really honored this process, which allowed them to navigate their grief better as well. So I think this is really beautiful. It might give you some food for thought for yourself if you're going on this journey about how you can create ceremony around this loss or for family and friends who are listening who has a friend or someone else going through this experience that you might be able to help suggest ways in which they may be able to honor and create ceremony. I think that can be a really big part of the grieving process. So I hope you really love these responses from my beautiful community. We named the daughter that we lost Lily. So we planted a lily in her honor. And I also have her initial on a necklace along with my son who was born after her. And his placenta is planted under her tree. What I did do was about a month ago, I got a, a butterfly tattoo on my left wrist, which is the one that's closest to my heart. And that's pink and blue, which are the colors for pregnancy and infant loss. And up to this point, I had held on to my pregnancy test because that was the only thing I had that, that this baby ever even existed. But then after I got my tattoo, I felt that it was the right time to get rid of that pregnancy test because I now had my permanent reminder that my baby was here. My husband also chose a name. We obviously, I mean, it was eight weeks when I had the miscarriage, so we never knew if the baby was a boy or a girl. But my husband chose 
a name. So I just thought that was important to help him feel kind of involved as well. We ended up sort of buying a piece of jewellery that kind of represented that our baby was a baby and it was a part of our family, even though we never met it face to face. And we also planted a plant which just symbolised the life that our baby had. And yeah, as a memory, so as we look at that plant grow with, yeah, that's just been a healing tool for us. On the due date of our little man, we planted a memorial garden and we also have just a little spot in our house that's got lots of things that we had prepared for him and the t-shirt that our other son wore for the pregnancy announcement and just with a candle that I feel that I light when I just want to be a little bit closer to him. We got our twins cremated and we spread their ashes in a beautiful place in Ireland. We also travelled back to Australia with them in a beautiful days and now they sit at our bedside. We honour them every year by writing letters to them. What we did is we wanted to symbolise the event in some way so we had just planted out our garden. We had a quince tree that we were putting into the ground so we put the embryo into the ground underneath the quince tree that we were planting. We didn't really say many words because I felt like I had really gone through my grieving process already and I felt like I had said everything I needed to say internally to myself. Me and my partner and my son were there and I just said thank you to the baby for what they had given me and the insight that they had provided into, I guess, myself and my body. And that was a really nice thing to do. It felt like a bit of closure as well in a way. We had a beautiful friend actually reach out and made us a little resin. We just have a really nice little reminder every time I walk into our little study of a little baby that we did lose. My friends bought me an orchid and a little plaque, which was very kind. I am printing off the ultrasound of that we had when we found out the baby had no heartbeat. So I'm going to, I'm framing that and putting it up. Hey mamas, I really hope that you loved hearing from Shana and the beautiful women in my audience who contributed to this podcast. I hope it's helped you really sit with grief and what grief looks like for you and being able to be non-judgmental about all the feelings that are coming up for you during this period because as Shana mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's neither good nor bad. It's just the judgment that we put on them. And I think that's really powerful. I think it's really powerful to be able to say, this is how I'm feeling and to have a safe space to share that. So I really hope you love this. I really hope you loved hearing from real women sharing their real, raw, vulnerable stories. I hope it helped you feel less alone. And please remember in the podcast show notes, there's a whole list of other resources. If you want to go seek more support throughout your journey in navigating grief, please go and check that out. If you want to connect with me, you know where I am. I'm at Physio Laura. Please come and let me know what you thought of the podcast series. If you've got any extra feedback or any notes or any questions, please hit me up. And if you want to connect with Shana, who was our guest expert in this interview, please go and connect with her at Institute of Healing underscore PL. But wherever you are, Mama, I hope you are being kind to yourself. I hope you are looking after yourself. 
and make sure you subscribe to the podcast because next week we're going to be hitting up episode two, which is all about acknowledging that loss is trauma. So I don't want you to miss out on that one. So make sure you subscribe and I'll catch you in your ears next week where we carry on this really beautiful and wonderful conversation.